702 Masterclass. And on our Masterclass for today, looking forward to all of your questions around brewing beer. Is this an industry you are working in? Is it something you have done yourself? I think even now we might even be at a, at a place where people can have small little home brewing um, kits and, and things that they can do for themselves. I know that um, with different other types of alcohol, it's become a simpler process that people are able to do themselves. But what does that mean in terms of it being something you are doing for money, it becoming part of um, your business? We're joined by Apiwe Ngusani Mawela for this. Apiwe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Apiwe. Hello. Hi, Apio. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I am good. I am good. So, Apiwe, I mean, let us just quickly get a bit of background on your journey in the in the brewing space. Um. Yeah. A quick a quick story is um, I'm a brewmaster who trained as a microbiologist. Um, got honors in microbiology and worked for SAB for a few years before branching out to start my own company in 2015, um, which is called Bruce's Craft. I currently own a brand called Dologazi Beer, which was started in 2019. And I do training and consulting uh, within the the beer industry, as we're calling now, I'm currently in Rwanda. So I was hoping that my line is quite clear. Um, so helping the guys at Quezza Brewery set up their first craft brewery in Rwanda. So what personally, That's been yes, what personally actually attracted you to this space? Because my assumption would be that it is still quite male dominated. Um, so my interest in the industry actually started from the sciences. So um, I was more interested in, in the science of fermentation, the science of brewing. And um, and that's how I actually got in. I actually uh, went, attended an open day at one of the universities when I was still in primary. And that's where I was introduced to the study and kind of has led to to where I am today. Uh, and through the years, I think, you know, the industry has sort of gotten better, I would say, in terms of the male domination. It is still fairly, but we're starting to see more and more women entering uh, the industry, not only in South Africa, within the continent, but also on the global stage. I'm just thinking about what you studied and I'm wondering for the young people who are listening that are also fascinated with the space, what are the options of things one can study if they want to get into uh, the line of work you are in? Uh, so I studied microbiology and biotechnology, but um, in, in the industry, we also have people who have studied uh, food science, people that have studied chemical engineering, mechanical, en- mechanical engineering, um, we have electricians, electrician engineers, uh, biochemists. So it's actually, as a brewer, uh, it's actually a multi-faculty um, environment where you get people that have different, from different um, study environments actually coming to work together because the, the process itself is, uh, allows for different industries to come together. And I think I love that you are sharing mm-hmm. how diverse the industry is. You don't, you can be doing so many different things in that space. You don't have to just have done exactly what you are doing specifically. So let's then talk about 
in general, where would you say we are at as a country in the beer space and industry? I think there's certain brands that we genuinely believe are ours as South Africans, but they might not even belong to us. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, if you look at the history of, of the industry, uh, the, the beer industry, we have, um, brands that have, uh, become like a, Brands, homage brands, brands that are sort of like defining who we are, who we come from, and have been part of our journey as a country for many years. That many have sort of ended up becoming like proudly South African brands by by association. And it's very interesting to see how I think that is same across the African continent, where in different countries there is always a brand that kind of represents um that country talks to the people um and celebrates uh, and embosses the values and the cultures of that nation and in south africa i mean i'm sure you know <laughs> some of those brands um and and it's something that uh, for me it's always fascinates how how great the marketing people are able to really uh, sell a, a story and tell a story through the brands and how that it gets received by by people and how those brands are able to actually become part of the communities and not just become alcohol brands because we've got very strong brands in South Africa who are championing various issues within communities, uh, whether it's gender-based violence, whether it is, you know, um, the alcohol abuse. So they're not just selling the liquid, but it's, it goes beyond just the liquid, but it's also about how do we empower communities? How do we educate on some of the social ills that we experience as a nation? Yes. I mean, I'm realizing also there's been quite a strong association when you think about beer and looking back with major sporting events and sport. Where do you think that actually comes from that a beer has attached? Is it because of the celebration? Because it, it could have been some other type of alcohol? Yes, that's actually a very interesting question because um, beer specifically, uh, I think mainly based on how it was always positioned, has always been positioned as a um, a certain type of product. And then you get other types of alcohols that are positioned for if you're having a, a dinner in a restaurant, you typically have a certain type of alcohol, which typically you wouldn't have with a beer. And that for me is just basically how um, different alcohol products or um, offerings are positioned within um, the, the the consumer and how different brands, uh, you know, segment their target customers and how they then communicate that brand to, to their customers. And there isn't actually... A, a generic it's not very it's not generic at all um and it's something that you know us who are coming out as small brands are trying to not follow the same sort of positioning and same um way of communicating with the consumers and looking at beer as a product that can fit into tourism that can fit in uh in food pairings that can fit in whether you're talking to sports or you're talking to people having a good time or you're talking to people um you know 
whether they're hiking, you you know, you can have a beer once you 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 want to cool down after the hiking. So it's all the, it's all about you know, as a brand, where do you position yourself and how do you communicate that position with your consumers? Yes, yes, yeah. So much to really um um you know get through in this conversation. We're gonna take a quick break and already the lines are open for you. O double one double eight three seven zero two in the WhatsApp line o seven two seven zero two one seven zero two for any questions of our guests. Are people Musaini Mawela, South African brew master, on this masterclass on brewing beer. 702 Masterclass. 21 minutes after 2 o'clock on this masterclass for today, we are talking about brewing beer. Brewing beer, is this something that you are interested in? Is this something that you would like uh, or rather is beer your choice of drink? And is this something that you're like, hey, I would actually be keen to do this as a hobby. We're joined by Apiwe Musani Mawela, who is a South African brew master. And we've already uh, sort of touched on the relationship between beer and big sporting events. I've got a WhatsApp uh, message that's come through saying beer is associated with sport for its thirst quenching and cooling abilities give us a call 011-8830702 in the whatsapp line 072-702-1702 and i'm just i'm just wondering um apiwe you know when people say thirst quenching and cooling abilities and what you studied is there a reason why we can drink 100 liters of beer but not 100 liters of water what is the reason (laughs) um so it it's (laughs) like i don't understand (laughs) you can't drink 100 liters of water there's nothing stopping you i can tell you all all the people that don't drink alcohol at the bar they'll end up having two glasses (laughs) everyone else has eight glasses of whatever alcoholic drink they are drinking and I, i still don't understand how yeah, I mean, obviously people drink for different reasons. Um, but you know, the beer is not, is made of water. It's actually, didn't know if, you, I don't know if you know this, but there's like 95% of final beer product is actually water. So technically they are drinking water. I knew um, you were going to but... say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, eight glasses a day. These are my eight <laughs> glasses. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, obviously the, the, the beer has, uh, obviously it's got a flavor to it. I think maybe that's why some people kind of draw to it because the, fl- the hops that we add at the flavor, the barley that we add in there mm. will give different tastes, uh, and flavors to the final product and also, uh, and the alcohol will also add on to the flavor, flavor sensation. So I think people also, I mean, yeah, probably look for they just it's nice <laughs> <laughs> and and compared to let's say other alcohols uh you typically find that obviously beer is lower um alcohol by volume typically yes. around four percent five percent compared to let's say other products that are like 46 percent so you tend to find that a person could have like five of 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 beer versus and still be able to not 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 feel drunk compared to if you had five bottles of mm. high alcohol. So I think that's why a lot of people tend to prefer beer. All right, let's let's jump into you know before we get into the process. What are the different components which you just touched on of of beer? What actually makes a beer beer? Uh, so what makes beer beer according to the Liquor Products Act, which is a South African law. Uh, you have to have um, minimum 35% malted barley as 
source of sugars for the yeast. You need to have flavored with hops and obviously you need to use potable water. So those are the main ingredients of beer is malted barley, hops, water, and then we use yeast, which is a living organism, which is what then converts the the sugars from the barley into alcohol and carbon dioxide. And that's the carbon dioxide is the fizziness that you find in the beer. Um, and also then the alcohol is what you would get. So that's basically the principles, basic principles of beer making. So let's talk about the, the raw materials, like right at the beginning part of the process. What is it that you actually start with? So we we use um, barley. So barley is a cereal that gets grown similar to wheat or um, especially in the grass family. In Africa, we, we as, as, as African beer, we actually use sorghum. So sorghum is our is an African cereal. So that's why you find in the traditional African beers, most of the beer, all, actually all the beers use sorghum. Some parts use millet. Um, barley is actually more of a European uh, plant, um, which we don't normally find in Africa. In South Africa, we have our barley growers mainly in the Western Cape and a bit in the Northern Cape. So once we've harvested uh, the cereal, whether it's barley, sorghum or millet, we will then take it through a process, uh, agro-processing called uh, malting. Can I ask a question before we get to the malting part? um, What are the other cereals that can be used? Can can rice be used and maize be used? Yes. Actually, Mm. I mean, it depends is easily available. Uh, so, for example, in China, where they have a lot of rice, most of the uh, meat rice, um, it, it all depends what is really available in that area and also depends on, you know, how easy it is to source other other ingredients. Mm. So, for example, like, um, I know, like, where I am now in Rwanda, um, if you import any other cereal, um, you get text like you, know, you pay 60% of taxes, whereas if you use a local available sorghum, then you get a tax rebate similar to what they do in Uganda, in Nigeria. So a lot of countries are actually sort of like pushing people and or promoting use of what is locally grown. Mm. Um, but in South Africa, like I said, we do have uh, barley growers um, and which are most of them are contracted to the big companies. Um, brewing companies because most of the barley that's grown in, a tra- in the countries are they used for beer or whiskey making. Mm, mm. All right, then in terms of, you know, you were starting to talk about the malting process. What is that process exactly? So the malting process is, is, is uh, like I said, it's an agro-processing. Uh, basically what we do there is uh, tricking the barley grain to think it's about to germinate so that it starts producing the starches uh, that we would then need in the actual brewing process. But before the grain grows into a new plant, we kiln it, uh, expose it to heat, sort of kill off the embryo. Then And then we then have a uh, what we call as brewer's friable um, malted barley or sorghum, which has, uh, if you taste it, if you taste the difference between malted and unmalted, the malted will be chewer, you start tasting a bit of sweetness, mm. whereas the raw grain will be hard and you can't chew on it. So basically we just want um, the natural enzymes because the process, the brain process actually 
all natural. Mm. Otherwise, you could buy uh, enzymes that are genetically modified and add those. But as brewers, we like to keep things 100% natural. So in terms of if you were doing that by hand, what is what does that process look like? So by like traditionally what uh, what they w- what we would do is uh, after harvesting the grain they would normally soak it in water um they normally put it in what they call it but uh, um and 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 actually put it soak it in the in 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 in, uh, in water in the river and after a day or two they would remove it um let it sit outside to allow for germination mm. um and then they'll keep on turning that you know mixing with the hand and then once um you start having the sprouts coming off then they would normally take it out to the sun to sun dry um and and some people will then obviously heat it up so there's also like different ways so the 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 um, the modern way which is the the way we study is actually very similar to what how things were done for centuries and that's what actually one of the things that fascinate me about my about the brewing industry how as africans everything that we our grandparents used to do and it was not documented it's actually the same principle and the same science that we still to this day applying how brewing has been existing in africa for centuries long before the books were written um, and, and, and long before uh, all the discoveries within the brewing industry took place. We kind of have been have been doing it as Africans. All right, we're going to take a pause right there at the at the melting process. And what we'll do when we come back from news is pick up from there and then see what the next stages are in creating and brewing beer. It's 702 Masterclass. And in our masterclass for today, we're talking brewing beer. And maybe actually the new generation of kids must just learn how to brew beer for the guests instead of just making tea. We're joined by Apiwe Musaini Mawela. Apiwe, what do you think about that? Hey, should we rather make the kids brew us beer now? <laughs> actually, interestingly, you know, when it, when it comes to the traditional brewing, um, you know how that was something that was passed on from generation to generation. Yes. And and how now our generation, I, I don't know about you, do you know how to make traditional beer? I don't know how to make traditional beer. And I, I blame yeah. my semi-traditional parents. They they must take responsibility. And, and I'll be honest, I personally <laughs> have never been invested in learning how to make it. So whenever there are events when traditional beer is required, there'll always be someone who is there doing it. So maybe after this chat, I might give you a call, hey? Yeah, and what we're finding is that there are many like you. And what happens is that three generations from now, even two, we, will not, we won't have anyone knowing how to make our our traditional upia for Mr. Benz and Mitzvah, which is actually, to your point, that um, maybe that is something... I think that's definitely something to think about. We're taking your calls on 011-883-0702 in the WhatsApp line, 072-702-1702. We've been chatting about the process of brewing beer, and we stopped at the part of um, um, the malting. So what comes straight after the malting process? So once we have the malted grain, we will then start the actual brewing process. 
So typically we would have separate companies that run as malting uh, houses. Um, and then they would, would normally buy the grain from those malting um, houses. And then it comes to the brewery. So in the brewery, the first step we do is mill. So it's basically to grind the grain so that you make it um, to expose the starch so that when we then move to the next stage, which is the mashing, we add the water in there, uh, hot, uh, like 65 degrees, and then allow for the conversion of the starch to simpler sugars, basically the cooking stage. Uh, and then if we use uh, cereals like sorghum or maize, we normally would add those at, at about 80 degrees based on the type of uh, cereal it is. Um, that would normally take about an hour. After that hour process, we move on to a process called loutering. So basically that's where we sieve out um, the grain from the, uh, the liquid from the grain. Um, and then we have a sweet liquid solution um, that is full of obviously the sugars. Then the grain becomes our waste. Um, in the brewing industry, we typically give this away to farmers for, I mean, for animal feed. Uh, there's companies that are now coming up with different uh, byproducts that we can usually make from from the spent grain where you could use it for baking, add it in your flour for the bread. You could use it to make chips. You could make it. Uh, there's a whole lot of different products. Um, but the liquid then continues with the process into the wet kettle. So in there, we boil uh, for about an hour. There's a whole biochemistry on why we boil for the hour. Um, and then we also add hops in there. So hops is uh, is a plant. It's also uh, in South Africa we only have hop growers in in George in the in the in the Western Cape, and there's no other place in the country where actually the hops grow based on the latitude they require, the rainfall, the temperatures, the the length of the sun, and it's um, and in South Africa our climate is not ideal. The, the through research work they found that George was actually the most ideal place. So these we also buy from hop growers, um, farmers, and it's processed into hop pellets. You can also find it in hop liquids. We add it in the kettle. It adds the bitterness. So that's why a lot of people don't drink beer because they say it's bitter or yababa. That's coming from the actual hops that we add. So depending on the beer style that you're making, uh, if you're making, for example, a lager, you add less compared to if you're making an IPA or India Pale Ale, which tends to be more bitter. Um, then after the hour of boil, we would typically do a whirlpool stand that's basically to remove all the spent hops, which becomes a, a waste. And then the liquid then uh, goes through a cooling stage where we cool down from the boiling temperatures to about uh, 10, 20 degrees, depending on the yeast that you're going to use, what temperature it can tolerate. That goes into a fermentation tank. Um, and then we add our yeast and allow for fermentation to take place, typically about two to three weeks, depending on um, the style of beer and all your various inputs. I'm wondering, Should I continue? I'm, I'm just wondering, <laughs> you know, as you're explaining this process so beautifully, did you know prior to getting into the space how to do it traditionally? Like Honestly, from home. No. <laughs> so you didn't, because I was wondering if you had like a, 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 a direct comparison to, I, point. 
No, I usually used to just watch Oh Mama and Oh Papa just do it. And yeah. I was, I think like, yeah, I was like, ah, whatever, it's not for me. But then for me, as I became a brewer and qualified and got my certificates and became a brewmaster, it was always something that bothered me that, you know, I actually do not know what, like my, my culture mm. and my traditions around this process. And since then, I've actually taken a lot of interest, um, on how traditional beer is made and have compared it's actually the same process um and 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 realizing that we actually don't have enough literature available mm. on the pro on the on the making of um combo tea and the likes mm. and how we appear all right. I think we just need to see what's happening on that line. Um, we will come back. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will uh, get a period to answer some of your questions. O double one double eight three zero seven zero two in the WhatsApp line. O seven two seven zero two one seven zero two. Seven zero two masterclass. In our masterclass for today, we are talking about brewing beer. We're taking your calls on 011-8830702 and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. Apiwe Musaini Mawela is a South African brew master and uh, she has been in this space for quite a while. And earlier before we lost her uh, briefly, um, she was just sharing that she actually hadn't learned how to make traditional beer herself prior to getting into this industry. We are trying to just get her back on the line but we seem to be struggling in the meantime i'm just going to take a look at um some of your messages that have come through one person says hi uh, this is on the whatsapp line 072 and you can give us a call 011-8830702 it says hi it is so interesting how your guest spoke the chemistry that it takes to literally make us tipsy and delightful. I usually see it back at home in the Northwest, how our grannies or aunts would prepare it. It's actually the same science. It really, really is the same science. It's just, um, you know, what you are drinking that is out of a bottle is a completely different experience to what you might have at home. Apiwe, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Oh, there we go. Fantastic. I want to quickly start jumping into all, um, all of the questions that have been posed. One says, hi, Apiwe, Jack here. Where do you see the space of brewing heading in South Africa as a whole? And where would you like to see it go for a better future in this industry? Um, I think the South African beer industry has a lot of potential. We were on on growth trajectories uh, before the pandemic, and unfortunately, the alcohol bans and the lockdowns took us a few years back. But I do think that you know there is still a lot of room for growth. Um, uh, there is lots of potential and opportunities in in the industry and not just the beer making but throughout the value chain i spoke about the different ingredients mm. I think a lot of people can still participate in there also okay another one says um can can Apiwe please differentiate between a lager and a beer as in castle lager lion lager black label beer what is the difference oh we're gonna need another master class <laughs> <laughs> give us the basic but, um, simplified <laughs> explaining to a five-year-old version yes. <laughs> um so beer beer is beer um it's like it's a cake where whether you like carrot cake chocolate cake they're all cake at the end of the day it's just that the different ingredients that we then use 
the base is the same it's all flour similar with beer it's all barley malted hops water and yeast mm. then depending on the type of beer you want to make it's a different recipe that a person will then add carrots to make a carrot cake and someone will add um, strawberries or whatever the case may be that's probably the simplest explanation i can in the few seconds I have. Um, what are we going to do? We've got some voice notes with questions. We're going to play them all at one go and then give you an opportunity to respond. I'm wondering, Apiwa, do you have any personal thoughts um, in one sentence on non-alcoholic beer or do you feel like, actually, it's great because more people can enjoy this amazing thing that I do? Yes, um, the non-alcoholic, because obviously, like I said earlier, people do drink for different reasons. There yes. are people that want to uh, you know, socialize and drink, but they might not want the, the alcohol, the effects that come with the alcohol. So I think the non-alcoholic beers also, you know, open, it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity for those people to still enjoy the product without the alcohol. And it's a growing trend globally. Um, so I think if anyone that wants to get into that space, there's a lot of opportunities there also. All right. Let's take a listen to some of your voice notes. Good afternoon, Rilebukhile, and good afternoon to your guest. So I've got two questions, Rilebukhile. So question one is, what is the difference between a beer, a lager, a pilsner, and a stout? And um, question two, um, during lockdown level five, so I used to make what they call imbamba. And I would really like to um, package that. Uh, would I be considered a brewing master? Um, what would be the process of um, packaging it? Uh, thank you. Bye. All right. It seems we <laughs> there's so much actually we can really talk about here. Yeah, we didn't even get a chance to touch on the <laughs> other voice notes. But 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 would that person be considered a, a brewing master if they're making imbamba and they want to to package it? Yes, uh, so uh, according to the Liquor Act, um, so we are governed by the Liquor Act, which each province has its own provincial Liquor Act. And in there, there is definitions on who can, you know, what qualifies one to, to actually make. Uh, once you make for selling, you have to be licensed. Uh, if you are making for own consumption, um, the law does allow that. So for, for traditional purposes mm. where you can make it at home. The minute you start selling, you have to be licensed within the province that you operate in, unfortunately. Uh, Apiwe, thank you so much for your time. I'm I'm so gutted that our time has run out and I'm going to just, I feel like there's so many layers we could have gotten into. But thank you. Uh, uh, really, really appreciate you coming to chat to us and uh, speak to us on this masterclass on brewing beer.